Over the next few weeks, I want to share a short series of messages that I've titled, what's the title? Unshakable. Um, we're living in a world, I don't know about you, that, that things have been shaken. Who can sense the shaking going on around the world? It's, it's happening. Um, we live in a world where we are bombarded with bad news. Whenever we pick up our phones, turn on the TV, does anyone read newspapers still? Just bad news. That's at the, whatever the front page is normally bad news. Um, we, we've got across our, across our nation, we've got political turmoil. Uh, we've got financial turmoil. We've got what they were, the bad news would talk about economic crisis and our nation would be in, they would say, turmoil from the outcome of last week's a referendum where our nation itself is in a, in a war internally. Our, our wars across the globe, Palestine, Israel, Ukraine, Russia, threats of war, where we're hearing it on our headlines, they're, they're appearing on our social media feeds, everywhere we look, we're, we're, get, we're being faced with bad news. Uh, we've got protests, we've got, we've got the economy, we've got uh, the climate, we've got fake news, we've got social media, we've got so much stuff going on, and, and how do we cope with that? Add to that we have the difficulties and the stress of daily life, to the trauma of, of loss and grief and the circumstances that shake our faith, and the circumstances that deplete our hope. So in the midst of the shaking, I felt the Lord asking me, where is my faith? Where is my hope? Where is my heart? Any um, Billy Joel fans here? I mean, you put your hand up, Stuart. I'd ask any Paul McCartney fans here as well. Are you guys going on Tuesday? We can just meet in the car park and listen to it in the car park. What do you reckon? We'll move our elders meeting to the car park uh, um, of the stadium. What do you reckon, Michelle? We got it. <laughs> okay, Billy Joel, 1989. What album, Stuart? That would have been Stormfront. That would have been Stormfront, absolutely. <laughs> if you ever got a trivia night and you're doing uh, music, Stuart's your man. Okay, he is the man. All right. Okay, so um, uh, probably the one, one of the most familiar, now you may not know this song, but I know even Phoebe knows this particular song off the Stormfront album, not because I play it, but because the show she's watching on. YouTube is just does a bad version of it. We can start the fire. Who knows that song? I'm sure most of you would know that song. Um, Billy Joel attempts to, in the, up, up, 1989, so the first 40 years of his life, he's trying to identify the headlines that were, that were driving his world for 40 years, including the advancement of society and the tragedies of wars. Uh, the last verse, I'm not going to sing it or quote the whole song. Sorry, Stuart. Um, the last, the last verse of the song, it goes, Wheel of Fortune, Sally Ride, Heavy Metal, Suicide, Foreign Deaths, Homelessness, Age Crack, Bernie Gets, Hypodermics on the Shore, China's Under Martial Law, Rock and Roller, Color Wars, I can't. Billy Joel got to the end of himself. After trying to chronicalize, after trying to capture 40 years of life and the stuff that was going on up to 1989, he got to the point in that there's so much going on, so much bad news, I just can't take it anymore. Maybe you feel like that this morning. I know there's people across the globe that feels like that today. And so now here we are over 30 years after that song. The internet didn't, it didn't even exist back then. 
Our world continues to change. We are bombarded, continue to get bombarded with bad news on every side. As so I added to Billy Joel, and someone asked him, would you write the song with the current events? He said, no, because it was a bad song anyway. That's what he said. Um, but we've got, what else could he add to that? If you add the internet, or you add social media, or you add the impact of AI, or you start to list the wars that have occurred since 1989, more death, more hopelessness, more despair. And, a, and as a Christian culture, or as, a, as, a, as a, the nations across the world, a, a radical, rapid shift away from the biblical values that we uh, hold and the morality that we feel is given to us by God, to, a framework to live by. It seems that our foundations of our belief systems are being shaken and eroded away. What do you do with all of that? Billy Joel said he can't take it anymore. Where is our faith? Where is our hope? Where is our heart? The psalmist will tell us in Psalm 112, and uh, I want to put this up here, and there's so much to hang on to in this verse. It's talking about the righteous and the godly, he goes, Life shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous and compassionate and righteous. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. There's some great verses as we consider our, our offering, our special offering coming up. But such people, we're talking about righteous, godly, good people, will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will long be remembered. This is the verse I wanted to start with. They. Who's the they? It is us. It is the righteous people that are, that are generous and godly. They will not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. triumphantly. There's so much. You can just ponder and meditate on that psalm for a long time. And verse 7, it's the response. What's our response to all the bad news that we hear? All the bad news that we see? All the bad news that we, that we talk about? What's our response? Our response is we don't need to fear bad news. We don't need to be shaken by the news reports, doctor's reports, school reports. Why? The answer is that. Because we can confidently trust the Lord to care for us. I want to I encourage you that whatever you're going through, you can confidently trust the Lord to care for you. So two questions here. Can you? Can you confidently trust the Lord? I just told you the end. Can you? Yes or no? I think we'd all agree we can. The next question is probably a little bit more challenging. Do we? Do you? Do I? Confidently trust God to care for us. So this morning I want to go to a story that, if you've been in church long enough, you've heard this story many times. You've probably heard a bunch of sermons. You might have even heard me preach about this before. And it's a familiar story. It's found in three out of the four Gospels. Uh, the context is Jesus has been ministering around the region of Galilee, preaching, teaching, healing the sick, casting out demons, dealing with the crowds of people that are running around after him like a beetle, like he was a beetle. You know, the, the, maybe when I was growing up, there was a cartoon with the Beatles. Who used to remember that? 
and they used to run around. These crowds followed them and chased them everywhere. Anyway, Jesus was a bit like that. Everywhere Jesus went, crowds followed him. They were, they were looking for a miracle. They were, they were looking for what, what's he going to do next. And so he was surrounded by crowds. And, and so in verse, Luke chapter 8, verse 22, it says, One day Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and started out. Now, a few things I want to point out at this point. That there was a reason Jesus wanted to go to the other side. We're not going to talk about that today. But there was a reason. Because on the other side of the lake, there was a man who was possessed by a legion of demons. This man was dealing with his own bad news. This, this guy on the other side of the lake was having his own problems. And uh, everyone else on the other side of the lake had avoided him, disregarded him, ridden him off, left him alone. But not Jesus. Jesus said, another time, he's come to set the captives free. So this one man on the other side of the lake was important to Jesus. So he told his disciples, let's go to the other side. And as they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water and they were in real danger. Here on a point that being an obedient follower of Jesus does not exclude us from the storms of life. We also face troubled seas, challenging circumstances. We also fear, uh, face fierce storms. We also experience bad news. Doctors, family members, situations, circumstances. There's plenty of bad news that, that we have to hear and face for our lives. So in this situation, they were having some, it was a bad news day. It was, well, bad news, the storms come. Bad news is that the, the water is now starting to come into the boat. And Luke would say they were in real danger. It wasn't just they're having a bad day, you know, just not so well. It was a real situation they were facing. The boat was filling with water. And so, however, in the midst of this boat, we find Jesus uh, having a sleep. We find Jesus having peace in the midst of the storm because he confidently trusted his father. And he, he had confidence in God's purposes for his life. Now, this is just my intro for my message because this is not where I want to land, but it's an important setup. Because they're in the mid middle of a storm and, and they, the disciples are, are freaking out. And so they go to Jesus and they wake him up shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. And when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. Suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. Then he asked them, where is your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? They asked each other. When he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him. So this is the question I want to explore today. In the, in the time that I have is where is your faith? In fact, Matthew puts it this way. Matthew would say, why are you afraid? This is Matthew's record of this event, Jesus would say, why are you afraid? You still have so, you have so little faith. Mark's account would say, Jesus said, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And Luke says, well, Jesus says in Luke, where is your faith? You see, the problem for the disciples wasn't the storm. <coughs> the problem the disciples had was their faith. And so, as we, as we consider that, the disciples... Jesus asked them, where have you put your faith? 
Let's go back to a um, Old Testament story, King David, a psalm actually. King David was acquainted with bad news. If you read the story of King David, he had bad news from the outside. The enemy is trying to attack him. He had bad news from the inside. Family, close friends betraying him. He had all sorts of bad news and challenging circumstances. And as you read the Psalms, and the Psalms are so full of beautiful encouragement to us. Whether we're going through a bad news day or a good news day, you can find words reflected in the Psalms that can lift our hearts, our brokenness, our pain, our joy before God. And throughout the Psalms, King David encourages us to find strength and hope in the Lord. In Psalm 27, we'll start, we'll start with the first three verses. David says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from, from danger. So why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fail. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. What a, what a wonderful psalm to be meditating on when we're facing challenges. Now toward the end of the psalm, after he talks about his enemies waiting for him, he talks about his enemies setting a trap for him and threatening him with violence. Uh, we come to verse 13. I'll read this from the New American Standard Version. It expresses it quite well. David says, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. King David says, I would have lost hope. I would have despaired. I would have lost hope if I did not have faith. I could have lost hope <coughs> given all the stuff that's happening to me, all the bad news, all the difficult circumstances. I could have lost hope. But I did not lose hope because I believed in something. See, hope and faith are connected. We can't separate them. Hebrews would tell us, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith and hope, they go together. <coughs> it is the evidence of things not seen. See, when we... I heard a message uh, probably last year sometime... Uh, one of the many podcasts that I listened to uh, by Banning Leafshire. He was the founder of Jesus Culture. And he shared a few thoughts I found really were helpful as I framed this message. See, as we lose hope, we can lose faith. If we stop believing, as we, as we start to stop believing, it leads us to despair. And this is the challenge where I really want to explore today. In a world where things are being violently shaken across the globe, but maybe just at a, at a macro level or a micro level for you. Maybe you're facing a situation or circumstance, or your health or your marriage or your family or your children. Or, and maybe internally you're facing your own internal shaking. The question is, how do we remain unshakable? How do we remain unshakable in a world that is being violently shaken. How do we hold on to faith? How do we hold on to hope? See, the Bible calls us to live by faith. We live by faith, we walk by faith. We, we, this is, it should be one of the characteristics. As Christians, we should be known as a people of faith. We are 
called believers. What, what do we believe in? You see, God has called us to be a people of faith, a people who, who have faith for our families, a people who believe that our city can be transformed by the power of Jesus. We're called to be a people of faith for our families, for our children, people who have faith for their marriages, faith for their health, faith that God's kingdom can come and transform and, and, and God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are called to be a people of faith. We are called to be a people who believe in a God of the breakthrough. A people who believe in God's word, what he says and what he does. God's word, God's ways and God's power. We need to be a people of faith. God, God needs us. He's called us to be a people of faith. But not only that, the people around you need you to be a person of faith. To be unshakable. So when the stuff of life hits and stuff is hitting that we would represent God's unshakable kingdom. That we somehow in the midst of the stuff of life, that we can be so strong and resolute and unshakable in what we believe about God and what we believe about what God says about us and what he's called us to be. That we in the midst of this time of shaking can show people how to hold on to hope. How to hold on to faith. How to be strong. We're that that's our goal, that's our role. We're not just here just to occupy a slice of eternity and just have a nice time. We are called to represent the kingdom of heaven on earth. The unshakable kingdom of heaven on earth. And yes, the earth is being shaken. Stuff is going on. In the midst of that, we are called to be strong and unshakable. Holding on to hope. Not to despair. We would have despaired, but I have. The enemy has a different agenda to God. He wants us to lose hope. He wants us to be discouraged. He wants us to lose heart. He wants us to lose faith. Look, maybe not lose faith in, in, in God and our salvation. I don't think uh, that the enemy can't snatch that from us. But maybe he wants us to stop believing. Stop trusting. Stop partnering and believing what God says. Stop believing that we can actually see God's goodness in the land of the living. That we can stop believing that we can see that God's goodness is available to us in our family, in our health, in whatever situation we're facing. David could have despaired. He had plenty of reasons to despair. He could have lost hope. But he kept believing, and this is the encouragement to you, to keep believing in a good God, in spite of bad news. David kept believing that he could see the goodness of God manifest in this world, not just when we die, which we will, we will be overwhelmed by the goodness of God, but David believed that God wants to speak into and intercept his world in the land of the living, where he's at right now, in his situation at school or uni or the palace or in the, the gym, wherever David was, he believed that he could see God's goodness through him and to him in the here and now. So where is your hope? What is your hope tethered to? For back to the disciples, for the disciples, they've been with Jesus. They've seen his power, they've seen him feed crowds, they've seen him heal the sick. And yet when the winds and the wave and the storm came, 
They shifted their attention to their circumstances. Their unbelief was more dangerous than the storm. Now the disciples, they could have gone to Jesus first. But they didn't. So when Jesus rebuked them, where is your faith? But where was their faith? It, it started, their faith started off in themselves. They tried in their own strength to solve the problem. They tried to overcome the storm by themselves. Well, maybe we'll just get through it. Maybe if we just sort of hold our course, hold the rudder firm, look after our... If we just do all the things we... But they were Caesar's fishermen. Storms weren't unusual for them. They, they knew, they, they understood on how to get through storms. So the disciples did what they knew how to do. And often when we face bad news, when we face shaking, we do what we know what we do. And that's, that's just out of habit. This is how I got through it last time. This is how I got through my sickness or my marriage challenge or my, I just did this. It worked or it didn't work, but we do what we do because we're familiar with that. And so the disciples, where was their faith? Well, it went straight to themselves. I can do this. I can do this by myself. They tried in their own understanding to work things out. But they couldn't. After all the bailing and all the ruddering and all the, the sailing, after all their efforts, they weren't winning. <coughs> they began to despair. They began to lose hope. They began to lose heart. So they went to Jesus. Master! They were, they were, they were freaking out. They, they went to Jesus at the end instead of at the beginning. Where is your faith? What is your faith tethered to? Is your faith tethered or anchored to our government? Or to our doctors? Or to our mum and dad? Is that where we anchor our faith? Or to, to, our, to our pastors or leaders or friends? Do we anchor our faith in people? Do we anchor our, our faith in our own efforts? I can do this. I've done my uni degree. Or I've, I've faced this before. I, 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 I've got, I can do it my own strategies. Do we, is our faith based in our own abilities to succeed? Or our own resources? Now those things may work for a time. But when you start doing it yourself, it can get so tiring. And you may connect to this because you may be trying to figure out a situation by yourself. It all becomes about, and we put faith in us. I've, I've, I've got to hold it together for my kids. I've got to hold it together for my marriage. I've got to keep on top of my, my, my financial investments and arrangements. Or, or if, I don't, if I don't make it happen, well, it's not going to work. We put our faith in ourselves. We put our faith in our own efforts. And, and if, it, if it's all about us, we get tired. And then we wonder, Jesus, are you asleep? God, do you care that my marriage is struggling, my, my kids are, are doing this, or my finances are... We start to, don't you care about me, God? Don't you care that the storm is hit? Don't you care that I've been bailing all the water out and rowing hard and working two jobs and, and trying to solve the problems? Don't you care that I'm trying to fix it myself? This leads to despair. It leads to weariness. It causes us to start to lose hope. Maybe even start to lose faith. Well, maybe you don't care about me. Could it be 
Could it be that Jesus is waiting for you to tap him in? Could it be if the disciples went to Jesus at the beginning that they wouldn't have faced the severity of what they did? Could it be we, we try so hard in ourselves to fix things and do things and, and, and resolve things, yet the answer, the, the answer is a person. And we, and we need to figure out how we can bring Jesus in into our day-to-day, to tap Him in, to surrender, to trust Him. It's no wonder when Jesus was woken up that He, he rebuked the disciples. You could have called on me earlier. You didn't need to get to a place where, where you were frenzied and you were, were, were weary and tired and, and despairing and, and losing hope and losing heart. You don't need to despair because you've got faith. Not faith in yourself, but a faith in who he is. I'll put those three verses back up again. They're the three verses we sort of looked at this morning. The godly, the righteous, us, you. You don't need to fear bad news. Bad news is coming. And over the next uh, few week, couple of weeks, I'm going to talk about what we can do practically, biblically, to deal with our hearts and our minds. So, so bad news doesn't shake us, because so we can confidently trust God to care for us. I would have despaired unless I'd believed. Maybe that's you. Despairing. The solution to despair is faith. Don't lose heart. Don't lose hope. I would have despaired unless I'd believed. Believed what? Believed that I would see the goodness of God in my circumstance, in my situation. And the question Jesus asks is, where is your faith? So in the next couple of messages, I said, I want, to, I want to share how we can have unshakable faith. How we can be the people of faith that is needed in a world, even more so in a world of today, that the shaking has started. How can we be people of faith and strength and hope that God needs us to be and that your family and your friends and your work colleagues need you to be? We've got some car problems in our house. No pressure, Paul. Just sort of Paul, just Paul Thomas. There you go. No pressure. Uh, Noah's dashboard sort of doesn't work. But it does. I'll just sort of pull it out and do some soldering. But we've got, who's got dashboard problems? Anyone? Just oh, too many of us. And so all Noah's warning lights flash up. All of them. The engine light comes on and the oil light comes on. And anyway. What I'm trying to say is, you've, all, you've got a car. <laughs> if you've got a car, you've got, you've got a dashboard, which is warning lights. Now, thankfully, with the exception of your thermostat, but th- thankfully, it's just a glitch in the dashboard. Thankfully, when, when a warning light comes on, it tells you your... Here's a funny story. Uh, Sam and Ali, the... I'll tell the story. It's my story. Anyway, Sam, Ali's following Sam somewhere in the car. And Ali tells Sam, hey Sam, one of your reversing lights isn't working. 
Isaac knows the story. And so Sam comes to me, I've got to, I've got to replace my, my globe in my, in my car because the reversing light isn't working. And what, what do I do? I've got, to, I've got to fix this problem. And I said, is it because his car tells you when the globe is gone, it tells you the globe is gone. Um, and so I said, is there a warning light on the dashboard? He goes, no, there's not. I said, okay. Could it be, just, just could it be that your car only has one reversing light? And he goes, what? What type of travesty is this? <laughs> he, he, I was suggesting that his car only has one reversing light. He made me Google it before he had confidence. In fact, he didn't accept my Google response. He didn't accept my word or Google's word. He had to text Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Sam's got a, a Volkswagen. Uh, and do you know how many reversing lights Volkswagens have? One. There's one on the left and then on the right is like a fog light and it doesn't make sense. Why would there be two different things inside of the car? Now you know what I'm going to live with. It would have despaired, okay? It did despair. See, our, our, our dashboard typically is there for a reason. Our warning lights are there for a reason. And it tells us that something is going on. Maybe it's your um, oil low. Often when that light comes on, it's often too late. Um, water temperature, I don't know, globes. It tells you, when your warning light comes, it tells you something's going on under the hood. Now, despair and discouragement can be like warning lights for ourselves. If you're feeling despairing, if you're losing if you're losing heart, if you're discouraged, if you're finding yourself feeling low or stressed, could it be a warning light about where your hope is and where your faith is? Could it be something is wrong? Something is going on that I, I need to take to God and ask for His wisdom? Could it be that I put my faith in something other than Jesus, and all of a sudden that's it's, it's not working, and I'm getting discouraged, and I'm getting disappointed, and I'm, I'm losing heart and losing hope. Could it be I'm looking to Jesus to, to someone else to give me only what Jesus can give me? I could be looking to someone else to give me my identity to tell me who I am. Someone else to give me hope. Someone else to give me security. Someone else to give me peace. And, and, we, and we're not meant to look to those people for those things. They may bring them to, to some way and hope they do. But, but ultimately, if you look into them and they fail, we lose heart. You get disappointed. Or maybe the warning light of discouragement and despair says I'm looking to myself. To my own resources. And I'm feeling tired. And I'm feeling worn out. Dashboard lights. I raised two questions before. Can you confidently trust the Lord? That's a good question. I think it's important that you answer that question. Scripture and, and the story and testimony of so many people in this church, maybe your own story, would show you that yeah, you, you can confidently trust God. The Psalms are full of, of situations where we can trust God. 
when the worst news, when the baddest news, when the hardest, most violent shaking takes place, yes, we can confidently trust God. And I want you to, I want you to walk out here thinking, yes, I can. Yes, I can confidently trust God, even when it doesn't make sense, even when there's bad news and, and stuff going on all around the world and, and the world and my family and my heart. I can trust God. I got that. But do I? There's a transition that needs to take place. This morning we're going to uh, close with a, a short video song. Um, and I want to give opportunity for, for prayer uh, for, for those. I feel like as I was preparing this, I felt the Lord. I said, Lord, what is it that you really want to speak into today? And there's a bunch of stuff I've talked about. And, and some of those things might have really resonated in your heart. And you might be thinking, you know, that, that, that's me. I, I connect to that. And that one of the challenges we have is we, we can hear something and we go, actually, that's me. I, I need to do something about that. And then we don't and then we walk out the door and it's like the, the, the engine light. Okay, yeah, I've got to do something about that. But we don't. And um, sometimes we just need to do something. And so I want to close this, this service and give opportunity for you to do something about the warning lights. But particularly, I, I feel the Lord say there's people who are losing hope and losing heart. People whose hearts are so tired and weary. And, and, and you're here this morning and you're hearing this and you go, yeah. But I really believe God wants to speak into your life and, and to encourage you, to speak courage into you, to speak hope into you. People are losing hope People are losing heart. People who no longer believe that God is able or God is interested. So we're going to all, uh, we're going, you can stay seated. We're going to watch this uh, song as it's played. And we can drop this light if you don't mind the stage lights. Yeah. Um, but as it does, if you're one of those people, if you're here and you're saying, you know what? Heart. I'm hope. I, I invite you to, to come in our, our prayer team. We'd love to stand with you. But why don't we just pray and then we watch this video? But why don't we all put our hand over our heart? Jesus, this morning I just bring our hearts to you. Lord, I, I know. In our family here, there's just so many circumstances where people have been shaken and violently sometimes. And Lord, I pray as Jesus, you prayed over Peter that their faith would be strengthened. Lord, I pray for each one of us that we would consider where our faith is. That we'd consider the, the warning lights on our dashboard. Is there something going on in our hearts that we need to surrender to you? Are we getting tired and weary and we just need to call on your name? Put our anchor in, in your truth. Put our hope in you. And Lord, I pray for anyone here who's losing heart and losing hope. 
I pray that they will not leave the same way they walked in. That they would know that they don't need to fear bad news because they can confidently trust you. And they will learn how to do that in the midst of the shaking and find an anchor for themselves. As we watch this song, if you feel you'd like some prayer, we invite you just to come and join us at the front. Um, this is not this. This is for everyone, but I don't want you to think this is for someone else, but not for me. If it's for you, we'd love to invite you. We'd love to pray with you and speak life and hope and stand with you in faith. Thanks.